It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. Follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I also can listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Good morning. It's uh, it's a Thursday. We're ready to uh, kind of – it's a little bit late in the week, but we're, we're, we're still working through it, uh, getting through the All-22 mm-hmm. uh, in preparation of trying to put it all behind us uh, and then tomorrow start fresh with the New England Patriots. But for now, uh, I'm still taking a look back to see what happened in that glorious – Glorious victory over the New York Giants. Yeah, some of the things that we're going to talk about on our All-22 review are things we're seeing kind of over the first, what, month and a half of the season. So it kind of ties into like a, a season-long review. But Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want to hear some Patriots-Cowboys talk, did a crossover yesterday. It's on wherever you get your podcast. It's on YouTube. Uh, I talked to Mike DeBate of Lockdown Patriots. So so go check that out. Um, all right, Landon, let's, let's get to our All-22 notes. And I know you have a lot. Uh, but there's just one player that I really want to mention in this game that I thought had, I think, the best game of his career, and that's Randy Gregory. Um, Gregory was dominant in this game, and I know I, did he even have a sack in this game? I don't even no, think he did. Right? I don't think he did. No. And it was still the best game of his career. I mean, it just feels like now Randy Gregory has finally put everything together because he's no longer just the guy that's really bendy around the edge, right? And just is going to win that way. He's winning by knocking Nate Solder back to the quarterback. He's winning on stunts. There was a play that I actually just posted on Twitter. He's lined up standing over a guard and just runs right by him and forces Daniel Jones out of the pocket. It was just a complete game. And I don't think we've ever seen that from Randy Gregory. I I thought he was phenomenal. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that he's the one who caused the pressure on that uh, pick six that Antonio uh, Anthony Brown had. Um, you know, and they're just lining them up all over the place. I mean, I, I think we saw a, a nickel package that include. I mean, I, they they've been deploying this a lot, and I love it. It's it's Odigizua at defensive end. It's ninety three and and ninety four at defensive tackle, and then uh, 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 Chandler uh, Golson at, or uh, yeah Golson Chauncey at, Golson. at yep. Chauncey Golson at, at defensive end. It's it's just kind of an what with eleven and twenty seven both kind of mugging. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a really interesting nickel package. And, and yeah, they just. I think the key thing is 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 that they've been able to move Randy around a lot. They they're not keeping him static and and just trying to, you know, they're trying to find ways to get him in matchups that they like or to get him free whether that's, you know, like I said, putting him lining him up in unusual spots, uh, you know, using uh, games and stunts to try to get him mm-hmm. loose, get him free. Uh, and cuz he's such a great mover, such a great athlete and so long that if he can get free in the backfield, he's going to wreak havoc because you can't really escape, you know. So yep. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Randy's a guy that 
I, if I remember correctly, had something like nine pressures in this game yes. or something totally yeah. ridiculous. Uh, so, and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in that, in the shout out to jo- Josh Norris. I'm a big believer in, uh, uh, Disruption, disruption is production. Is production. Yep. And, and and I think that, you know, it's it may not be the same as or as glorified as sacks. But, I mean, I think, you know, again, Randy Gregory causing disruption, throwing a, 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 causing Daniel Jones to throw an early pass incompletion, that's production. Gregory getting loose and, and, and causing a pressure that makes them uh, Jones throw the ball early and suddenly it's a pick six for Anthony Brown, that's production. So, yes. uh, yeah, I think that there's a lot to be excited about in the trajectory of the way Randy Gregory's playing right now. All right, let's get to some uh, of your notes, Landon. What were some of the biggest things you saw after you went over the tape? Well, I think, you know, just kind of from uh, a 10,000-foot view, I mean, it was a uh, a run game clinic tape, essentially. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that kind of was the main takeaway is that the Giants through four quarters never figured out how to stop the Cowboys G, G power game. You know, you know like, why they, anytime, they don't have the dudes to do it. And that's, a they don't have it, the right? dudes to do it. They don't have the linebackers to get outside that it can get in the, the tunnel that can, that can stop the, the run. They mm-hmm. don't have anybody in the edge. That's going to stop, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the tight ends and, 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 and guards from, from down blocking and getting around on the end to block them. And, you know, the, the best players on their defense, especially in their front seven, were their defensive tackles who were just consistently being down blocked by Terrence Steele and just, you know, and, and, and Tyron Smith and guys just crushing them. And, you know, they, they were using the G power pin and pull stuff. They were trying to get outside of the edge in the run game because, like you said, the Giants never stopped them. And, and, and no. there wasn't really a reason to kind of stop doing it. I think there was even a moment when, uh, if you go back and listen to the uh, sideline uh, tape, you know, they do the sideline audio yeah, yeah. Where, where Zach Martin is talking to, to Dak and he's like, man, we ran like G power like five times in a row or something like it, And I didn't see that, but it was like, I mean, he wasn't exaggerating that much. They were running it so much. So, you know, my, my main takeaway is that uh, the giants, I would say played a little bit, they played less two man or, 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 you know, shell coverage than we've seen in, in, in some weeks. Mm-hmm. They, they played a lot more, kind of cover three and, 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 and uh, middle field of the uh, closed kind of coverages. Uh, but it didn't, it didn't really matter. No, <laughs> they, 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 didn't. It didn't, they couldn't stop it. And, and they tried blitzing a little bit, but that didn't seem to work either. So, uh, you know, basically the Cowboys, I think, knew that even with all the efforts that the Giants were putting into stopping the run, that they weren't able, they weren't able to do it. And then when they really overcommitted to the run, that's when you started seeing Dak hitting them up down the yep. field with some of yep. these passes for the touchdowns. Uh, just a couple of things from the Giants' perspective. So they have two linebackers right now, Tay Crowder huh. and and Reggie Ragland, who are both guys like you would say are good run defenders but just lack athleticism. The problem is when you have speed at running back and you can block to the outside, those guys just don't have enough you know, horizontal speed to, to get down and make those plays, right? So that's why Tony Pollard and Zeke were just gashing them, uh, you know, near the sidelines. Like the touchdown is the second touchdown that Ezekiel Elliott scored. Uh, the one where he just beat the guys to the corner. That should never, ever happen on that play. They're just not athletic enough. It, it was really fun to watch if you're a Cowboys fan. Yeah, absolutely. And, the, you know, I don't know his name, but do you know who number 48 is for the Giants, the linebacker? Is, it, it, is that Lorenzo I don't Carter? Know. 
it's Mr. Toast is what his name is now because he was put in so much conflict. And no, it wasn't Lorenzo Carter because this it, it was, it was like Tay, it was Tay Crowder. Tay Crowder. Yeah. Okay, that's the guy. Yeah, he really had a rough game. Yeah. <laughs> like he was just being torn all over the spot. I mean, and that's the thing about the Cowboys in general uh, in this game is that you know it's such a diverse you know, play scripts. It's crazy. You know, they could mm -hmm. run outside zone. They could run inside zone. They could run pin and pull. They could run uh, split zone. They'll run RPOs uh, with a bubble screen on the backside so that you can't write. They'll put you in conflict with the RPOs. Uh, then they'll run fake zone reads and, 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 and they'll, they'll pull it out and, and just it's a play action pass suddenly. So uh, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are really reaping the benefits of years and years and years of building this, you know, now very diverse run game and having a crew of guys who have been in the system for long enough now that they just have this diverse category of, of run plays that they can deploy uh, and exploit, you know, mm -hmm. any type of run defense. And on top of that, because of the way that power and zone mixes together, right? The way that you they, they they kind of create a conflict for the linebackers if you can't really play them the same way. So it takes you know quick processing to see what's happening to you and, and be able to counteract it. And and you know these New York Giants linebackers just weren't up to the task there. Uh, if you get a chance to go back and watch the tape, Landon, uh, number fifty-two for the uh, the Giants is actually a guy by the name of uh, Carter Coughlin who is the, I believe, the grandson of Tom Coughlin. Um, really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Well, it looked like his grandson was out there playing. It was, it was not great. So yeah. uh, just get a chance to watch some of those snaps when he's out there. It's it's pretty hilarious. So, uh, yeah. all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk more about some of our notes. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts to customers online for over 20 years they have everything from engine control modules brake parts motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic or your daily driver get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose a brand specifications and prices that you prefer go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck Right, locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's stay with the defense because I have some more notes on defense. Um, Oso Digizua, good. I don't want to talk about him. We talk about him every single week. He's he's really good. Uh, Leighton Manrush. <laughs> I, I thought he played one of the better games that I've seen him over the last couple of years. Like basically from 2019 to 2021, I think this might've been his best game. Uh, a couple, uh, you know, impact plays, but just wasn't an issue on defense, right? He was pretty solid. And that's kind of all they need from him is just be the reliable other linebacker to Michael Parsons and Keanu Neal. That, that was my biggest takeaway. Yeah. I mean, I think he's found himself in a nice role. I think with, 
uh, Jalen gone, he maybe can even see an increase in a couple of snaps to the snap count. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think that that's, it's still at an appropriate level. Um, yeah, I thought he's still capable of making plays. He still has the, the, the processing ability and, and the athleticism to do that. Uh, so yeah, I, yeah. And it showed, you know, that he, he whether it was, uh, uh, knifing through a hole to, to get the tackle for the loss after seeing the trigger or just, you know, I think Joey just actually posted a, a, a video of him sorting through trash near the goal uh, in goal line defense and just kind of making sure that he had a, a solid read on his, on his player and was able to get outside and make the play. So uh, yeah, I thought that, that, that Leighton Van Der Esch continues to have a very solid season so far. Last thing in the linebackers, um, Jabril Cox only played four snaps in this game, but they were a meaningful four snaps. His speed is so evident when you watch it. Like, uh, I believe that Daniel Jones play, it's him and Keon O'Neal chasing Daniel Jones to the to pylon. And we know Keon O'Neal is fast. Cox is faster. Like, Jabril Cox is just a faster player at this stage in their career. I do wonder, as we go into the season, as we get into November and December, like, are they just going to have a hard time keeping him off the field because he's so much more athletic than everybody else outside of Market Parsons? Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, you know, where he struggled uh, from what we've seen in training camp and just, you know, his college career is, is kind of a, is more in the run game part, right? Yep. Um, I think, you know, for the most part, it's it was interesting that they put him, that his package that he's seemingly working in early is his goal line. Right. Yeah. Uh, but but I think I think it makes sense if you, if you talk about where he was, he lined up basically as the outside guy yes. in a condensed yes. formation. So which is a lot of times uh, what a safety is doing. Right. Yeah. Or or yeah. Or like in you know normal situations, a corner would be that guy if yeah. they kind of condensed down. So uh, Daniel Jones was thinking, you know, maybe I can outrun a safety and get, you know, truck him a little bit because Jones is still a bigger guy. And you know, well, I mean, they only had two yards to go, I think. So really, yeah, yeah. he just had to get back to the line of scrimmage and then fall down forward. He could have scored. So uh, but he didn't get there. And yeah, Cox got out there quick. I think you know what the next step will be is you'll see him more in nickel packages. I, I I would not at all be surprised if you start to see him being deployed more against specifically tight ends and 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 you know running backs in that sort of way. Um, and then yeah, I, I definitely see you know a situation that if he keeps performing as he's getting snaps, uh, that that he that he you know is just hard to keep off the field and that he starts eating into guys like Neil snaps or or he's the guy that you're seeing rotating in. Uh, a little bit more when you do something like drop Parsons down to rush the passer a little bit more. So uh, yeah, I I think if he keeps getting snaps and keeps doing this kind of thing with his snaps, uh, more opportunities will come. And and clearly this defense uh, and this team really uh, has no qualms with, with, with playing young players or or playing a a whole bunch of different players. Uh, Last thing I want to say about Michael Parsons, um, because I want to mention him really quickly. If you look at the stat sheet, like, I don't know if this was his most impressive game. You need, I don't even think he graded all that well in pro football focus, but I thought he was really disruptive. Like there was a play on the goal line where he kind of knifed into the backfield and stopped the ball carrier, missed the tackle. So technically like PFF would call that like a negative play because he missed the tackle, which he did. But he made this when he got spun when the run ball carry got spun around and yes. then he couldn't kind of gain his yeah, momentum. Yeah, so he didn't out. technically make the and I posted this on ta- uh, on Twitter, but he didn't make the tackle, but he made the play because he was able to slow down the running back. It allowed other yeah. players to beat their block and make the tackle for a loss. You saw that a lot in this game, whether it was on stunts, like he's really good on stunts 
as like the guy that's holding the tackle or knocking down the tackle uh, and letting Randy Gregory come in behind him. Uh, as the spiker, right? Yeah, as the guy that's yeah. going in and, and, and causing the disruption to free up somebody that's looping up behind him, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. There was a lot of things like that. Just don't go on the stat sheet, but you could tell he had a big impact in the game. So if you're worried that Parsons is hitting a rookie wall or something like that, I, no. don't, because I thought he was no. really good this game. No, they you know they used him a lot and they availed themselves a lot of him and frankly you know uh, a big portion of why you didn't necessarily even have to worry about the run game is because you had so much speed at linebacker uh, that they weren't necessarily going to try to break everything outside on you because they weren't going to get outside on you so uh, yeah and I think you know you saw it is 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 they're they're utilizing Parsons in a way that they're using his skill set to not only create plays for himself, but to create plays for other people, right? Yes. As, as Because teams are so concerned about this kid and, and what he's done. So that's that's the true sign that he's arrived, if anything, right? Yeah. Is that all the attention that he's being put, uh, that is being put on him by offenses is creating opportunities for other people on the defense. Uh, all right. Any other notes on defense you wanted to share before we move on? Um... No, How about I your mean, guy, I think, Brown. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's, uh, you know, I posted that. Look, uh, I do want to clear something up there. I posted that thing about, it, and I, I think it's impressive. I'm not a huge believer in PFF grades, you know, gotcha. especially with coverage grades, because they admittedly uh, only grade plays in which the cornerback was targeted, right. right? So they don't they don't account for times when a quarterback looked over to that corner, look over to his receiver and then saw he was covered, which would be a very positive play graded play. I would assume for a cornerback, they don't even, they don't even grade that. But having said all that, Anthony Brown has played 241 snaps. That's 10 more snaps than the second highest uh, cornerback in 241 snaps in coverage, right? So coverage snaps, meaning 241 snaps in which he was dropping into coverage as opposed to playing run defense. That's 10 more than the next highest person in the nfl and he has the seventh highest graded uh great uh, coverage grade in the pff database for cornerbacks so again not a huge believer in those grades but look at it this way if they're only grading the targets right and he still has the seventh highest grade off of 240 plus snaps which is again 10 more than the next guy i mean we can talk about the particulars of it but that to me reads like a very consistent cornerback you know, a guy who's been able to play good football. And I think, you know, my eyes are telling me that too, which is, you know, that's that's how we confirm it. We go in and see what the context is in, in, in the film. And, you know, Anthony Brown, look, he fell down. Uh, there was a there was an awkward angle of the ball for the Kadarius Tony Long mm-hmm. deep pass, right? But outside of that, he was contesting footballs. He was reading things well. He clearly, obviously he had the pick six, so which put him in position. I think for the most part, Anthony Brown has played way better than we all anticipated. Uh, we talked about it in training camp that it looked like the coverage was better, but we said it with you know hope, hoped breath, and 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 just kind of we're, we're we're too afraid to speak it into existence. But I think that generally speaking, not just with Trayvon Diggs, that that the coverage on this team has been better than it has been in previous previous yes. years. And, and Anthony Brown is, is I think a big part of that. So you're just never going to have two shutdown corners on a team. It just never works that way. In the history of NFL, can you ever think of a, t- a time where there was two shutdown corners on the same team? 
and they both played to that level. It just doesn't happen. Like one guy is going to get picked on and because Diggs is playing so well, it's an Anthony Brown. And I think Anthony Brown's held up really well. So I don't know if you knew this, Landon, but Anthony Brown actually has the highest depth of targets uh, in the NFL right now. His average target is 12.2 air yards. So when teams are throwing at him, they're throwing down the field. And every, you know, every time you get beat, it looks like it's a big play because generally it is. It's just not happening yeah. happening all that often. Like yeah. teams are completing a you know, career low sixty percent of the passes targeted at him. His passer rating, you know, when opposing quarterbacks uh, target him, eighty five, which is like well below the league average, and it's actually the second best of his career. He's playing well. He's not playing like a Pro Bowl or anything like that, no. but he's playing what like you, what you would expect a number two cornerback to play like. I, I think he's been just fine. Which is way – look, again, let's go back to our own expectations, yes. right? And I yes. mean that as a community, right? What was our expectation for Anthony Brown? That hopefully he would be beat up, beat out by Kelvin Joseph and not Yeah, hopefully he wouldn't suck, right? That's the thing. Yes. When, when he, uh, no, when he was... no, no, no. Let's, not hopefully he would suck. We were certain he was going to yeah, suck. Yeah. And our only hope was that he would get taken off the field by Kelvin Joseph. Fair. That didn't happen. And instead – Anthony Brown has played good football through five games. Well, also, it it's, last, allowed but, you, I mean, it's allowed you to be patient with Calvin Joseph. Exactly. Bro, because yeah. I think if, let's say Anthony Brown continues to play as poorly as he did in week one against Antonio Brown, which is a really difficult matchup, you probably would have seen Calvin Joseph in week four or week five, right? Like you, the Cowboys probably would have rushed him out there. But because he's played admirably, he's played well, competently, whatever word you want to use, Cowboys can be patient now. And like Kelvin Joseph is practicing, but I don't think he's going to play this week, which gives them another week because you have a week seven bye, which is good for the rookies. Like it's good for Nation, right? And Kelvin Joseph not to just get thrown right out there as a rookie. I think we got to give him credit. I think he's playing really well. I got to say this too. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but during the Zeke interview uh, that he gave on the side, uh, on the sideline of the practice field, I think yesterday, the day before behind them, they were doing special teams drills. Mm-hmm. And Kelvin Joseph was participating in those special yes. teams drills. So he's he's there. Like he's, you know what I'm saying? Like they're I would say that if he couldn't play this week, he that he would definitely have been able to play, play week next seven. week if yeah. there was a game, Correct. right? Yeah. So I think for me, what he's probably past the injury to a certain degree or near the end. And right now they're beginning to do the ramp up process of okay, you're gonna be an active player on this team. Like let's, I mean, he was, you know, kind of first week, but they'll actually get him in there and and potentially have him playing yeah. some snaps. I would assume on special teams to start. Uh, and then eventually, you know, I'm sure he'll find a way to work into uh, the, the roster because here's the other thing about it guys, is that if Anthony Brown is playing good football, that doesn't mean that you can't play Kelvin Joseph. It, 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 if anything, it means you can move Joseph out to a spot that he's comfortable, whether that's the outside or inside. Or and then Brown you can take Anthony Brown. Brown's very good in the slot. You can use him there exactly. as well. Exactly. Uh, so there's lots, we, there's lots of flexibility there. And we've seen them rotate. Like Maurice Kennedy got a lot of snaps last week. We saw Jordan Lewis play a lot. So you can figure out ways to get both those guys on the field. It's not an issue really at all. Um all right, one more quick break to tell you guys about Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. 
From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, just a couple things uh, about the offense. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Landon, but do you know who the number one uh, highest graded tight end is in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus? You don't know if I saw this? Yes. <laughs> I, I think I got it tattooed on my back, if I'm not mistaken, that that uh, that that Dalton Schultz is the Zach Martin of tight ends, according to PFF. Just uh, letting yes. you know, that's true. Dalton Schultz is number one. You're going to want to make sure you can get a good tattoo remover when Sean McEwen takes a spot here in a couple of weeks but i there's room on the back for both <laughs> there's room you can add more uh, <laughs> it's like I, it's like i tweeted the other day you know what our three tight end sets need sean McEwen, a fourth tight end that's what, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what we need uh, i love sean, uh, yes. sean look, McEwen is the next Dalton schultz by the way i'm just telling we do you. need to talk about this though because listen a huge huge portion of that run game and i think a huge huge portion of the difference between this year and and previous years is that Dalton Schultz and, and Blake Jarwin are both blocking very well. Uh, Schultz, Schultz more so is, than Jarwin. Schultz yeah. more so, obviously. But yeah. Schultz, I, I mean, look, I've always said that Schultz was the better blocker. I mean, since always. he was a rookie. Yes. So uh, uh, Schultz is is right now playing like one of the most complete tight ends in football. I mean, uh, let's can we go back to that third and six where mm-hmm. Dak scrambles out of the pocket and That's hits right. Schultz on the run? Mm-hmm. Give Dak all the credit in the world because obviously that was incredible awareness. Great job throwing on the run. But if you go back and watch what Dalton Schultz did on that play, Schultz beat Logan Ryan on like some. I I, I don't. I was trying to figure out what they call this route, but it's like a reverse whip, yep. right? Like yep. so, whip is like inside and then out, right? He went outside and then turned turned around in and just left Logan Ryan in the dust was like four yards open, but because of the pressure that forced Dak out of the pocket, Dak couldn't deliver the ball. So what does he do? He he speed turns to go back the other way and then burns Logan Ryan back the other direction. So he burned Logan Ryan twice on one play and then got the big catch. And, you know, on top of that, there's, I mean, we could go through a laundry list of incredible blocks that he was putting on Car- Lorenzo Carter, guys that are mm-hmm. you know, bigger than him, defensive end types. Uh, Dalton Schultz has taken his game to an even higher level than it was uh, previous. Uh, and yeah, I, I, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm on the phone with Schultz's agent like right now, right, right now, now, and say, hey, I know Dalton loves it here. We love Dalton. He's friends with Jarwin. What do we got to do to make you? What do we got to do to kind of yeah. sign a nice cheap deal to keep you here for a couple more years? I, I agree. I mean, we could talk about Dalton Schultz as a blocker, which is way better. Um, I actually want to talk about something he does as a receiver that he does really well. Yes, so I, I was watching some rookie tight end tape. I was watching our guy P- Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth, uh from this week, actually. And one thing that you notice from those guys compared to Schultz 
is they just get off the line so slow. In the case of Fryermuth, like he, when the ball is snapped, he basically stands straight up and then he runs down the field. Schultz explodes off the line of scrimmage, and that's why he's always so open on those little sit routes that are like seven yards down the field is because he just gets there faster than most tight ends despite not being an elite athlete. So he's just really good at getting to a spot, flipping his hips and being ready to catch the ball. That sounds so simple and elementary, but not a lot of tight ends can really do that to perfection. And I think he he's done it really, really well. So I just wanted to mention that. Where do you think he learned that from? Uh, you you have to say it. No, yeah, it's, come you're, I think come you're right. on. Yeah, listen, listen. Probably Martell Bennett you, taught him everything. You can say done. what you want about <laughs> Jason Witten, but to the day he retired, that's true. I I never saw anybody get off the line like Jason Witten. He got off, even with his slow feet, with his inability to it's move. Very true. It's true. He got off the line. Go back and watch. I mean, go back and watch the tape. I'll I'll show you training camp videos of him exploding off the line of scrimmage at the snap. And and I think, you know, again, he's a was a 38-year-old man, so it surprised it continued to surprise linebackers well into the last year. Well, so, I remember for the forever he beat the Giants that way just by like the Giants fans could never understand how do we leave him open in the middle of the field all the time? It's for the exact reason you just mentioned, right? Like exactly. He just fires yeah. off the ball. I think that the, you know, look, again, we don't want to give people like as a fandom, we don't want to give former Cowboys that aren't here anymore that we're currently mad at any credit like Jason Garrett or Jason. Who's Whitten. mad at Jason Witten? It's most mostly just Jason's really. Uh, <laughs> I, I think people don't like Jason. Uh, yeah. I, I think, I think uh, he, he, he gave guidance to those two young tight ends well beyond their years. I'm sure that if you talk to them, they would have nothing but glowing responses for him, even though, they may have lost snaps. They may have lost opportunity to Witten early yes. in their careers. They learned a ton from him. And I, I so I give, let's give Jason Witten a little bit of credit because I, I feel certain that that ability to get off the line quick was something that they learned from watching, you know, Witten do it here for all those years. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I mean, it is Jason's season, right? We're, that's probably why that, we. Uh, that's right. It's Halloween. always Jason's season for Halloween. That's right. I, I, I'm a. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait till Jason Witten's movie career gets going and he can be the new Jason Voorhees. I think he, that would be very, very appropriate. <laughs> uh, man. All right. I just wanted to give Dalton Schultz a, a shout out there. So, uh, all right. That is it for today's show. We'll be back on Friday to do a game preview. Uh, for Cowboys Patriots. Landon, you might be surprised who I'm picking in this game. Just going to let you know. I I'm Cowboys always surprised, week. Marcus. So, uh, <laughs> so I, I have a feeling that you're right. All right. Uh, you can follow the show on YouTube. You can follow us on uh, Twitter at Locked on Cowboys. Get us wherever you get your podcast. Follow Lane and at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.